You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous, the podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. Now we'll take a break from our usual episodes to bring you this intermission sode. This meeting is being recorded. recorded. And like she sounds she sounds like that. This meeting is being recorded. Like she's so over it. She's been quiet quitting for ages. Okay. Okay, so quiet quitting. <laughs> yes. I uh, What are your thoughts? Well, I just saw I you know, I'm not on TikTok, but a lot of people put TikToks on Instagram. And so this woman was breaking down. I mean, I saw it on Twitter mm-hmm. and read a, an article. I don't remember what magazine it was from um, that was explaining what quiet quitting is. And I was like, oh, so it's just people doing it's just doing their job. Yeah, they're just right. doing their job instead of <laughs> right. staying until some ungodly hour and having no life. That's basically yeah. what it is. And then there's this woman um, that I follow who posted a TikTok where this woman's like she's deeply explaining why the term is problematic, but also like, again, it's mm-hmm. just people doing yeah. their job. What they so are I'm, paid for and not right. anything else. Right. Which is what I have been doing for <laughs> <Yeah>. forever. <laughs> I'm not quitting my job. Like right. I just started this one. <laughs> it's just like, I'm supposed to work from nine mm-hmm. to six yeah, and I'm not going to be working until eight and 10 and waking right. up at four o'clock in the morning and answering emails. Yeah. I will answer it at nine when I come in. Thank you. The thing is, we (laughs) as millennials, as elder millennials, you and I, Mm -hmm. were sold this package of a meritocracy. Yeah. That if you just worked hard enough, that all your dreams would come true. Right. And I think that perhaps that was true for boomers and Generation X. Right. But not so much for us, because by right. the time we got there, all the resources were gone yeah. and there was nothing left for us because right. of recessions, because of inflation, because of fill in the blank reason. Right. We were st- but we were still, you know, asked more than what we should have been asked right. of. If that was a good sentence, I don't even know. We all knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah, it's you okay. Should. You should. <laughs> Listen, I didn't go to college. I don't care what my grammar sounds like, as long as you understand the context. <laughs> but we were all sold this bill of goods that ends up being absolute, it, absolute manipulation on the totally. part of capitalism and the people that all, have all of the money and all of the power. Yeah. It, ne- it needs a new term because it's yeah. not quitting. No, none of these people are quitting their job. No, no. They're all just doing what they have been hired to do. Right. So they're actually very good workers because they're doing what they were paid to do. That's right. That's right. (laughs) It's interesting, though, because there is this kind of parallel from work (laughs) to relationships in as much as this quiet quitting terminology comes into play. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for a long time, there's this idea that women and men have different ideas of what the workload should be right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if a woman is doing more of the emotional labor and more of the physical labor than the man is in a relationship that over time, they will just peel themselves away from it. Mm-hmm. And so the only, the, the really only evidence that the man sees that there's any issue 
is mm-hmm. at the very end when she's already divorced herself from you. Mm-hmm. Not in, I'm not saying legally divorced. I'm just saying right. she's already, she's already kind of said, nah, I'm not in this anymore. Right. She's already emotionally detached herself. She's already physically detaching herself. Mm-hmm. And the, and the clue for you should have been all of the times that she asked you to put the cat back on the toothpaste and asked you to please take out the garbage and asked you to please do more than just doing the dishes. You have to also put them away. Yeah. All those times that you felt that she was nagging you. Oh, it's maddening. This yeah. is why I like to live alone. <laughs> This is why I'm, I'm like, so I'm just so happy being single because all of those decisions fall on my shoulders. And if I choose not to do them, I'm the only one that I can be mad at. Yeah. Or you can just pay somebody to do it. And there you go. <laughs> there you go. And then they can take responsibility. Right. And if I don't like the way they're doing it, they're then fired. They, right. Or they can take the criticism and they can switch it up. That's right. Oy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't, uh, but it, it's, it's like with the work thing, it's just, it's interesting. Cause I have been very, I mean, my staunchness about staying within my work hours also mm. comes from like, I didn't move to New York city to do the day job. I yeah. moved to New York city to be a creator. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sure. I have to clock out at six in order to have time to do what I actually moved here for. Yeah. Because I love New York City, but it is like too expensive to yeah. not also be following my dreams. <laughs> do you know the, t- the amount of times I've said to myself, I didn't move to New York City to be a nanny. I didn't right. move to New York City to be dog groomer. Yeah. But I, I hear your words and yeah. I'm really just kind of processing them for myself right now. <laughs> and like, you know, I didn't just move here to do that. I moved here to do Broadway and I haven't exactly done anything to help myself out in that arena because I'm so tired or because I just don't have any, it's it really comes down to not having any more of myself to give at the end of the day for me. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're, you're one of the people in the city who's having to do like, I at least only have to do one job to pay my bills. Yeah. You're one of the people who's doing multiple jobs to pay your bills and to yeah. have savings and everything. Yeah. And so I also made the choice not to have any roommates. I made the choice to yeah. have a car. So like, you know, there are other things that I put a priority on outside of it. Right. I'm sorry, go ahead. But I mean, but it's, it's like, you know, I, I I specifically said to myself, okay, if I'm going to do this day job, that's like not, doesn't really feed my soul. I'm yeah. very grateful for it. I have great, you know, supervisors. Um, I, I have, I have to be creating because I do get so extraordinarily depressed. It's, yeah. it's very dark. It's very bad sure. for my mental health. So, but this, it's just too expensive. I ha- yeah. I have to be I have to do that or what is what is the point? Right. For for me. Cuz you can I, be an administrative assistant anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> me much like me. I could be a nanny anywhere. I could yeah, be yeah. a dog groomer anywhere. Yeah. There's only one place that has the the creative resources. Yeah. that you and I crave yeah. and ultimately want to take advantage of. Totally. I mean, this community like, I, you know, I'm making a short film right now, but it's like the community to do that is all birthed out of theatrical experiences. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's, I know people make things their place, but I still have big dreams. Sure. And Absolutely. so I'm like, I don't, uh, also, I also feel like I have to explain myself less here. I was thinking mm. about you know, my family down South, I love them to pieces, but I, I often feel like they don't understand what am I, what is she doing? They're, they're content enough that I have a steady job with health insurance and everything, right? <laughs> they're content at least for that. So yeah. they don't ask too many questions because at least I've got that and that makes them feel okay. But they're still like, what is she has in their worldview? Nobody 40 years old and single and doesn't want children and is like, you know, it's just yeah. like, and then 
when things that happen, you know, like Stephen Sondheim dying, and I just, I can't even say why I need to go in my room and be left alone because I'm in the, they don't know why I'm devastated. They don't understand, you know, and like the same thing happened with she was, right? but they spent all my whole life. All I wanted to do was meet her. And then I, I felt such a sense of failure that she died before I was that. And so I, it's like, I can't explain that. I just have to go to my room yeah. and have, you know, my, my moment to myself, you know? And so th- sometimes things happen when I'm gone and I love them to pieces, but then it'll be like a few days and I'm just like, I need to, I need to go home. I need to be home when we're recording mm-hmm. and like my aunties come in and they're like expecting me to hang out. <laughs> I don't have a phone. <laughs> like, oh. But we can all this way, which is literally next door. Okay. And there, I, I, I warned you I was do Okay. <laughs> yep. Oh, gracious sakes. It's just so interesting. And here, I'll just be like, tell my roommates I'm recording, like mm-hmm. quiet. Yeah. Even though I'm like out here and I can't really hear what you're, but stuff, yeah. you know. I say the same thing to my dogs. I'm like, okay, guys, listen. Uh, Ebony and I are going to be talking. You're going to hear my voice. It's going to be a little bit, but I still need you to be quiet. <laughs> For the most part, they do really good. They're all yeah. just kind of spread out sleeping right now. <laughs> well, um, we've got, this is going to be an intermission sode. Yep. You haven't sung your little intermission sode intro in ages. Intermission sode. It was like... I don't know. No, that's that was like right. a jazz chord. No, that's right. I mean, I don't know if the notes are different. I'm not a singer. I don't know. <laughs> that's okay. But it's that's exactly. I'd have to take like one brief little moment to remember <laughs> what it was supposed to sound like. This on Sunday, August 28th. Yes. Um, By the time it's posted, we, some of the things could have happened. Maybe some of them didn't. Some of the things we'll talk about have, were announced a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, for example, like, the first thing I kind of want to just do a follow-up from the last mm-hmm. intermission sode about Paradise Square. Yeah. Where it's like when stuff like this, like the stuff that happened with Rebecca, yeah. and just then there was another article, and then there was another article. Yeah. It's like, this is, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily want this gift. It's maybe yeah. a white elephant. It's a white elephant gift. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Garth, okay. So Garth Drabinsky, right? As well as I guess it's not him directly. It's Paradise Square as a LLC. company, right? LLC. It's the LLC mm-hmm. are being sued again. Yeah. By now, choreographer and stage director. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about this because I've got my own thoughts, but you'll tell us the facts first. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's sort of, um, it's It's similar to what is happening with Actors' Equity. Because all of it's basically complaint of not being paid. Yeah. Um, and so, Garth Garth is not on the LLC. He's not responsible for any, um, even though he is listed as the lead producer of board or at least like not make it suspicious or, you know, also I think keep any investors feeling more company. Right. And, you know, from the articles I've read, it sounds like, you know, and, and from being able to have the advantage of, speaking to people involved with the show. I think that it's not as much a, um, it's not as much fraud this time as it is just like most shows have this hope that, you know, that, that a Beetlejuice, if you all remember before COVID Beetlejuice, when it opened was losing money, like really not doing well at all. Right. And it did something that Broadway shows hardly ever do, right? This is unprecedented how it just sort of ended up skyrocketing. And then it was like, you couldn't get a ticket. And that was several months into the run. But it's also the thing that like all producers hope and pray will happen if their show opens 
Right. And starts out not doing well. You know, it's like also just keep it open long enough, then hopefully it'll recoup and then it'll start making money on what it's lost already. Right. I mean, some people are like that with movies, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. The Greatest Showman was another one where like opening weekend, it did not do very well, but it was word of mouth. And then it became this like mega hit. Yeah. But well into it being available for people to go see in the theaters. And so, you know, I, I, I don't, um, begrudge anybody for hoping anything, but but here's the difference between paradise square and all of those other shows that were mentioned, Mm -hmm. all of their people kept getting paid even when they were not making money on it. Right. And they didn't just stop payment until they started getting returns again. And in in the New York Times article, so there's a New York Times article um, that was written by, I'm going to give pro- Mark Tracy. And in that one, he does um, give uh, a quote from Garth Drabinsky talking about the bond, mm-hmm. which they ha- you have to pay to right. the um, union in order to like start the show. And it also is like, if you lose money, people still get paid. Right. So there was like a $450,000 bond. But when you go to the Hollywood Reporter article, it really breaks down the financials and, and where things were spent. Right. And so it's, it seems to me that like maybe the bond is not enough to cover anymore because it had to be used for other well, in the Hollywood Reporter article, mm-hmm. it does the the actual lawyers of the LLC are saying yeah. that the bond is not is only going to be able to cover certain amounts. Right. So it's not enough to cover no. all of that stuff. And I right. guess that's where that's where we kind of get into maybe there's some legal issue here because right. certainly you'd think that if you didn't have enough of a bond to cover a certain amount that until you did run out you could keep it open but then after right. a certain point you're done right right no that makes unless that's you had right. a guarantor someone that right. was gonna you know what I mean and and that's you know that's will be the case for a lot of these shows that aren't doing well Spider-Man is the big one right they had Sony Most behind expensive. them it was a multi-million multi-billion billion dollar company backing them yeah. so even though they were floundering yeah they had this corporation that was able to cover all of these expenses yeah does Paradise Square have anything similar no so it's really just singular people that yeah. had invested in it. It's very traditional yeah. and on the on the back end. So, you know, I mean I from what I've heard uh again from people I know involved with the show that that the articles are of course like sensationalizing Garth's yeah. role and if it's fraud and stuff like that and also um, it sounds like they did get paid from the bond. Okay. Um, but I, again, like having looked at the Hollywood Reporter piece, there's like back pay, including, you know, even though you get paid like as a creative mm-hmm. um, on the front end, then there are like residuals you're supposed to right. make after that. Um, and so because they were losing money, they didn't pay out all of that. Right. So that's where the designers and you stage managers and directors and stuff are coming in now and saying like, well, we were still open this many weeks, so we're still owed this much right. money and that, and that's what you haven't paid. So, right. um, this is, a, this is something else that, cause I had asked you earlier whether or not yeah. you felt that it was fraud. My vibe is that it's not necessarily yeah. fraud. It was just not good planning Yeah, in the worst way. Um, but yeah. I guess my other question is, do you think that having Garth Drabinsky attached to it made it as not, not as successful as it could have been if it were free and clear of him? That's possible. Because it is, by all accounts, a really beautiful show and a powerful yeah. show. I, I mean, also, timing was on its side. Right. I mean, he, they're saying COVID had something to do with it, which is, I'm sure COVID sure. did. No, you know, it's like you weren't getting the, nobody, nobody was yeah. getting the amount of crowds that right. they were getting, you Correct. know, before COVID, right? So, of course, that's a factor. 
But uh, speaking of someone who went to see the show, like I didn't know what it was about. And yeah, that's, that's a major <laughs> problem with yeah. Broadway. Like, you know, I've mentioned this several times about my CTI class, but we had like a whole session where, you know, we, with somebody in the industry who, you know, said that they had done these studies that showed what people actually want from mm -hmm. the information that's mailed to them is what is the thing about? Right. Give me a synopsis. Right. And instead of that, they tell you like who's in it or yeah. who wrote it or and the Broadway, dancing or yes. something, which is like, that's what kills that's me. Nice. But like, what the heck's the show about? Yeah. That's what a lot of people, it's like, Pamela always says a good story is a good story is a good story. Mm -hmm. But if you don't even know the story, right. Then it's like, what, I, what am I seeing? Right. I, how the do I even is, figure it out? The difference between movies and Broadway shows yeah. is that movies. Yeah. If I said, Hey, I'm going to go see that new and forgive me. I'm coming up with a blank Keanu Reeves movie Yeah, <laughs> because I love him. He's so sweet. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to go see that new Keanu movie. You want to come with me? Oh right. yeah. What is it about? I don't know, but Keanu's in it. Right. Yeah. Broadway. You don't say, Hey, I'm going to go see that new Beanie Feldstein musical. Do you want to go with me? Oh yeah. What's it about? Oh, I don't know, but Beanie's in it. You don't right. say that. No, because that's tickets like, more than a movie ticket. Yes. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and, well, and also because it's when two I, and a half hours, yes. When I was a kid and I would go into the music store and I would look through all of the CDs and cassette mm -hmm. tapes of the Broadway musicals that they had, which was a very small amount because it was central Illinois, Right. I would go to the back of the CD and I would read the synopsis. Yeah. And if I liked the story, I would buy the CD. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't really care either way, I might still buy it, but I also might leave it for next time. Yeah. And I found a lot of, a lot of great soundtracks that way. Yeah. Because they gave me the information that I needed to make right. a good choice. Mm -hmm. You cannot tell anything from the title of a Broadway show. Case in point, Parade. Yeah. What do we think Parade is about? I it know. is not. It about is not. A parade. What, right, exactly. It's not <laughs> what you think it is. It is not a nice light and airy show. It is dark. 100% no. It is. And it's, and it's also like if I hadn't known that that was a true story before yeah. I started listening to it, then I never would have like fallen down the rabbit hole of, of Leo Frank's stuff and yeah. like, you know, finding out all of the stuff about the true crime aspect of it. Yeah. Like that is interesting. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff is what compels theater lovers. Yeah. To go and see the shows that are available to yeah. us. And I, and I also think like, to your point, you didn't know what the show was. And so I yeah. think that also would lure like tourists or other people who don't yes. know what the show's about. Like now they're okay. Here's a way to figure it out. Cause it's not like, at least even with movies, even if you're like, I'm a person who I'm not going to go see something unless I saw the trailer. Right. Right. And so like, at least with movies, you have like a one or two yeah. or three minute trailer. So you can like see what the thing is about. Yeah. But you don't really have, you don't have that with Broadway shows. No. So it's just. Not unless I mean, you're already at the theater and then you see like, you know, the B-roll leading up to it. Some right. of the musical numbers, sometimes they've got some of the stage stuff going on for plays. Right. But that's when but, you've already yeah. bought the ticket and exactly. you're in the lobby. You're already waiting to see it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I've said this before, you know, like there is a risk to going to see a Broadway musical. So if you're coming from out of town, you're a family of four, you've already spent the money to get into New York City and then yeah. to pay and stay in New York City. And that is a huge amount of money yeah. right off the bat. Right. So if you have already decided we are gonna go see a Broadway show, mm -hmm. you're gonna buy four tickets, but you're gonna buy four tickets for a show that you know yeah. is a good bet. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's, there's a huge risk. You know, like I don't want to spend even the cheap tickets. I don't want to spend $80 on a show that I'm not sure about or that I'm yeah. not going to enjoy or that I leave going, oh, I regret spending that money. Yeah. I could have bought groceries this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's, that's a huge risk. If I'm going to Orlando and I know that I'm going to be going to Disney World, mm -hmm. I know that the cost of that ticket is going to be worth it because there's going to be plenty, even if not all of it is my cup of tea, mm -hmm. there is going to be plenty for me to see and do. And I will feel like the cost of that ticket was worth it. But yeah. you just don't know unless they tell you what the show is about on right. Broadway. Right. 
I, I absolutely agree. I'm curious uh, if any, you know, if there were any polls, I, I'd never looked this up about when I think about a show like Town that is a new work, but all like uh, Anais already had an album, you know, mm-hmm. which was based on, of course, the story is also this piece of Greek mythology that like a lot of people know as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess technically it's kind of like a recognizable commodity, but like not everybody knows that piece of Greek mythology. Sure. But you did already at least have this album that if you didn't know anything, you mm-hmm. could go to her album, which was on Spotify and you could just listen and you could get an idea yes. of what you were getting into. Excuse me. <clears throat> um. Oh, I had another piece of musical theater in my head. Oh, Hamilton. With Hamilton, you had Lynn being at the White House, you know, which went viral. So you at least could hear the opening song Mm -hmm. 5,000 times before you went and, you know, you paid the money to, like, go see the show. Yes. Um, So everybody. And then he had another bit on, like, Playbill when they had done another workshop at Lincoln Center. So you had something to kind of inform you. And then obviously right. everyone knew it was based on this Ron Chernow book. Mm-hmm. So if it's not like Paradise Square, as far as I know, like isn't based on like a one book, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a historical story that not a lot of people know. And several people I spoke to who either did go see the show or like didn't go see the show and saw Joaquina's performance on... The Tony Award. Awesome. They were like, I barely, I didn't see anything to even know the show was there. Yeah. Like some of them, it was that bad where it wasn't even, I don't know what this is about, but like, I didn't even see anything to tell me that this was on Broadway. Right. I specifically knew because I knew somebody in it. Yes. Here's another issue at hand. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's just look at Hades Town and Paradise Square. Yeah. Hades Town, and they're both they're both relatively on the same level as far as like what you would see from the outside looking in if you were not a theater goer normally, right? Mm-hmm. Uh it's not uh, yeah, I mean, yes, Hades Town, you understand that that might be like a Greek-related tragedy kind of yeah. thing. Paradise Square, you're not really sure by, from the title. Um, but they're both kind of unknown, mm-hmm. uh, unknown commodities. Right. Uh, the difference being Hades town, the cast and crew were so much smaller. Yeah. Paradise square had 36 people. Well, it was, I thought it was 40. Oh, it might be. Yeah. But they had an astronomical amount of people on that stage that they had to pay every single week. Yeah. And those equity minimums are not Mm. low. No. So, and that doesn't even include. The backstage, it doesn't include uh, choreographer, stage director, obviously. It doesn't include ushers, any of that stuff. None of that stuff is included. I'm just looking at what you see when they are on the stage. Right. So it is a much more challenging to Mm -hmm. keep a show up and running for a longer amount of time when you've got so many more people to pay. Right. The same thing happened with Sweet Smell of Success. Mm. I, I know for sure in my own little heart and brain (laughs) that if they had had less people Mm -hmm. involved in the production of that show, Mm -hmm. that it would have lasted longer than the Tony awards. Mm. There were just too many people Mm. because it hadn't found its niche yet, but it would have, it had the potential. And I believe the same thing about paradise square Yeah, because it was just starting to, I mean, the Tonys loved them. Yeah. So I think if they could have stayed, if they could have just been a little more lasting and also not been tainted by a person that had already been in prison for fraud in a, in a musical, then, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that that's certain, but I feel like it is. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. It is. But also Hadestown did have Rachel Chafkin and she had just had innumerable success with, um, Great Comet uh, of 1812. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, something, pe- what am I, what's the name? <laughs> I said the Great Comet of 1812. You no, know, but what's the name before that? Something Warren Pierre. Pierre. Oh, Natasha P- Pierre. Natasha and Pierre. The great, <laughs> and the Great Comet of 1812. Yeah. I got caught because I knew that the <laughs> second part of it was the Great Comet, but it was like Natasha Pierre. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> Anywho. 
And that was, yeah. and it's also like, it's just like, it's just offbeat enough to catch the attention of theater goers who are getting a little bit bored of right. what the norm is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's going on tour. I believe that's still happening. So mm-hmm. um, I'm glad it's not over, over. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sorry folks won't get to see Joaquina because yeah. I can't. I, well, she's not going anywhere. You won't be able no, to see her but in I mean, Paris in that Square. Right, because that, I, I... It's iconic. I mean, it, I think crap. that will be... So when 20 years from now, when they're hmm. playing back all of their favorite Tony Award you yeah. know, um, ceremony performances, Jennifer Holiday will always be one of them. Of course. Uh, and now Joaquina will always be one of them. <laughs> there are, you know, there are just a number of them that are just burned into your brain. Mm-hmm. And like, those are the ones you just will go back to over and over again. Yeah, that was her performance. And then... Like the the little like cherry on top of that Sunday was like when she won yeah. and Cynthia and Danielle were there and like the memes and gifts <laughs> after of just like black people loving to watch like that piece of like they're just weeping on stage giving her <laughs> it's the sweetest best thing. And yes. so, you know, the like all of that was just wonderful. So, yeah. I'm sorry just, for all these problems. Well, totally, mm-hmm. totally. And I mean, as much as you like want to look from the outside and be like, told you so. <laughs> it's yeah. really, I mean, it's just, it's an awful situation all around because yeah. it affected so many more people than just the LLC and Garth Drabinsky. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, if you all um, also want to read the Hollywood Reporter article, um, it's August 1st, 2022, and it's written by Caitlin uh, Huston, H-U-S-T-O-N. And it, like I said, it gives more, much more detail on the exact financials of like okay. the amounts and everything. And that's yeah. the one I had sent to um, for yes. Pamela to read. Because I couldn't read the New York Times one without getting a subscription. <laughs> <laughs> so the next thing, uh, which is also a follow-up from our last intermission, um, we'll hop to Funny Girl. Um, <laughs> and so, so okay, I, I'm sure I mentioned this in the intermission where I had purchased tickets for my roommate's birthday to see Beanie. Yeah. And then, of course, Beanie decided she was leaving, you know, like very, uh, like two a week. Actually, it was like a week before we were meant to go was her last performance. So that stunk. Um, Did you get to see Julie Benko at least? But she was amazing. Yeah, that's what I heard. Julie Benko was absolutely remarkable. From everybody on social media, all of my friends who have seen it are like, that is a star. Yeah, 100%. 100%. She was amazing. She's the greatest star. I mean, really, she was yeah. absolutely wonderful. That's great. Um, and so what's what's happened since all of that is Julie Banco, even after Leah Michelle comes in, she has like one or two um, performances a week that have been given to her. So she'll always be playing. Oh, good. Yeah, so she'll is she be- now considered like the alternate? Yeah, it's something okay. like that. Because it's not, it's not, it's just like Leah will have these two performances off and Great. Julie will just be doing it. And that's perfect. That's, that's in her the, contract now. Yeah, yeah, that's the greatest way to, because you can't just kind of like plop her back in the ensemble. and Right. Especially now that like every, like she's kind of blown up. Like yeah. her, her social media has blown up. I mm-hmm. mean, she's just, she is a star now in her own right. And that's I really awesome. love that now that we have this new, Broadway star where we're not just putting in, you know, the same old people to fill, you know what I mean? Like, yes. not instead of having to pull from movies or TV or whatever, mm-hmm. which I'm not, you know, knocking much, but <laughs> <laughs> the people who have pounded the pavement and put in the work to actually be theater actors and to see one of them like rise like this is just super fun. And she's yes. really talented and wonderful. So we did. We got to see her. She was awesome. Awesome. And thank God we did because it was like the next day Jane Lynch announced that she was leaving. Yeah. And I, I, we, I loved her so much in that part. So yeah. I, I can't, 
I do not understand any of the fodder, any of the anybody who is saying that like she's not good or what. I, I thought she was absolutely wonderful in the part. Jane was a theater actress, wasn't she? Yeah. I mean, she this is not like she is very comfortable up there. Yeah. Um, and I felt she was just like the most loving mother. Her Aww. her voice is like it, it's a character actress's yeah. singing voice, you know. So she's not belty, but she's like perfect. Like she mm-hmm. was just wonderful. That's nice. and so I I'm I'm gonna be one of those people who's like I'm not gonna hear anything bad about Jane Lynch because I don't understand what you're talking about because I right. saw her and I disagree. <laughs> so that's how I feel. Yeah. But I'm so glad we went because literally she she then decided. Yeah she was leaving early. Um, I wonder why she's leaving early. Do you have any conjecture about that? (laughs) I, I mean, I think there must be something to how Beanie and her were made to feel. Yeah. Um, because I mean, I, with Beanie also Beanie got COVID so many times, bless her heart, you know? And so it was like, if, if people are not making you feel wanted, plus you're just getting sick mm-hmm. all the time, Yeah, you know, and, and I think stress adds to Absolutely. your body being able to fight off illnesses. Yes. You know, I really think like it was not only maybe her mental health, but also probably her physical health. And yeah. she was like, listen, I got to peace out, you know, yeah. and she's not hurting for work in TV no. and film. So like if theater is going to treat her this way, TV and film were happily happily have her, you know, and are having her, you know? So, um, so I theater is losing out. Um, and so I, I, I feel, I don't know because I'm not friends with Jane. Um, (laughs) but I feel that was part of it. And, Mm -hmm. and Beanie and Jane seem to also have very rich personal lives. So it's Mm -hmm. like, why am I going to stay to Why do stay so- in a toxic relationship. Right. When, right. Yeah. I have a, like a loving home I can mm-hmm. be in and, and go to. And so, yeah, yes. I'm, I, I'm sorry for those of you who miss Jane. Cause she was just lovely yeah. and funny and great. Great. When she came up I, that like her, cause her entrance is like not a full entrance. <laughs> uh, not right. Did she no, just kind of come into the scene and start talking or? Yes, that's yeah. how it is. Right. And so, I mean, the roar of the crowd <laughs> and, and Julie also getting yeah. like just so much love, like oh, the love, great. that audience was so happy. Yeah. They were happy and loved everyone. Yeah. I mean, like, um, uh, Grimes, he got, yeah. oh my Lord, everybody just, they were just, they just loved the crap out of everybody and they were happy <laughs> and they were cheering nice. and it was like, you know, and it wasn't a full audience, but man, it felt like it because their hearts were so big and so open to just support everybody. Yeah. It was beautiful. That was fun. That was a really fun performance to, to sit in. Um, That's awesome. I, the, one of the things I also like briefly wanted to talk about was, mm. okay, so there's been, you know, the first looks of Leah Michelle is in rehearsals and stuff, <laughs> but my favorite one was Playbill did a spoof Instagram post. Did you see that Pamela? No. <laughs> it was so funny. So they, they, there, there were legit first looks of like, uh, like there's like this trailer kind of video. It doesn't have much of her singing, I don't think, but it's like you see her rehearsing the dancing and the singing and things like that. But before they released that, they had this Instagram post and it says first, uh, first, he, first, the first chance you have to hear Leah Michelle sing uh, Fanny Bryce. And so it's her picture and it looked like it's got the play button in front. So Does many people clicked on it. Glee? No, oh. <laughs> it's not actually a video. So they just tricked oh. everyone with the play <laughs> button to make them think that they could click on it and watch her sing. But it's just a picture with the play <laughs> button in front. It's hilarious. And so there's all these people in the comments like I this moron click the thing thinking you all are really, you know, it's just the comments yeah. were funny. They were really funny. 
Um, but yeah, I just, I thought that was very clever. That like spoof. I have a bit of conjecture. Tell me. And I don't know if it's true. This is just kind of like, maybe the way that I think about theater right now is just, I almost think that they do things (laughs) that are mean. (laughs) I, as, as I was reading all of these articles that you sent in preparation for this intermission. So it kind of occurred to me mm-hmm. that sometimes Broadway or the producers will make decisions uh, so that they can get more money or more butts in the seats or more right. views on social media, right? Right, yeah, yeah. And so it kind of, it made me wonder if they didn't hire her knowing that it was going to be this kind of like Leah Michelle versus Beanie Feldstein from the yeah. beginning, Right. And then when ultimately Beanie was felt unwelcome enough to stay, then Leah would swoop in and, and steal the hearts of the theater goers. Like then it was even more social media presence, even more Twitter, even more, you know, butts in the seats to see, Oh, is, is Leah Michelle going to do as good a job? You know, that kind of stuff. And it, it's um, uncharitable of me but mm-hmm. I, I kind of think it might be true. This, well, my, my only, I'm, I'm not really going to play devil's advocate because I think there's something there, but my only, I guess, wrench in that is that yeah. also with those same comments about people feeling stupid for trying to click on the thing. Yeah. There was a lot of no thanks. Nope. Not interested. Lots oh. of that because people are still, they, they are still, have a difficult time with her because of how she had allegedly treated so many people she's worked with. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's still keeping the name of the show right in the forefront of everybody's mind. Mm -hmm. And so that's because like, if you consider that no publicity is bad publicity, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If they, you know, if, and there have been plenty of, of other times in Hollywood history, certainly, where mm-hmm. one actress has been pitted against another actress yeah. to, to get more tickets sold to that movie because people want to see what's going on with it, yeah. right? And then it turns out that they actually didn't have a feud at all. It was just the publicist saying, well, if you do have this kind of disagreement with her over Twitter, then it might get you, you know, that kind of publicity that right you know good or bad that is gonna get you to the top of people's minds I so don't I, guess, I, yeah. I agree because I mean I don't think like I don't think I don't know them but like yeah. I don't think Beanie and Leah have any beef with each other no I just think I think that their talent has been pitted against each other yeah. right and so yes. like um you know, their talent and their looks and everything that the patriarchy yeah. deems quote unquote worthy about women has been pitted against each other yeah, and has created this media and social media flurry to your point yeah, in order to get butts in the seats and to, you know, and then Julie has been caught in the crosshairs, which I feel everybody knows. Yeah. And that's why there's such a, strong sense of wanting to support her. I mean, people are buying tickets now just to see Julie to support her. That's great. Um, Well, then also, I mean, like whether a ticket is purchased to support or to watch someone fail. Right. Those tickets are still sold. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the producers still make money. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, listen, I don't, particularly care for Leah Michelle. I don't like yeah. her actions haven't spoken very fondly of her and yeah. you know, and obviously I'm not in the room. I'm just seeing it on social media like everybody else is. Right. But when so many people are coming against her in social media that have been in the room with her, right. you have to kind of take it for what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of her, but I also she comes across as someone that is false Hmm. and that's, that doesn't, I have dealt with people like that in real life and there's something that turns me off from that. I can't trust them. Mm -hmm. So 
that's the kind that's where I'm coming at with her. Like whenever yeah. I see her in interviews as Leah Michelle, she mm-hmm. she doesn't read true to me. So I don't trust her. Yeah. It's a weird kind of thing. That's my own issue. I probably should speak to a therapist. But <laughs> um having said that, I I think she's hella talented. Yeah. But I don't necessarily want to see her in it. Yeah. Yeah. I did recently watch the HBO Max Spring Awakening documentary. I haven't yet. I really want to, though. I guess I I thought that there was going to be more of the performance, Mm -hmm. but it really ended up just being about Leah Michelle and Jonathan Groff. And this is where I have trouble. I love Jonathan Groff. Hmm. I feel like if he and I worked together, we would Mm -hmm. be friends, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that you're disagreeing, but, and that's cool. No, we can talk no. about it. In, oh, okay. <laughs> it, uh, I have mixed. I, well, the thing I, is like his personality is yeah. not bad. I mean, if Lynn loves him, he's a great person. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? I yeah. feel like, like Lynn's only tolerating the kindest people. Yes. I just feel like. What do you think? Hmm, this is so controversial, but he's that's overrated. Okay. okay. That's, That's how fair. I feel. I'm just like, That's he's fair. fine. Why are we freaking out? Uh, okay. Uh, That's, That's fair. All. Absolutely. But I and think that, he's I don't probably think... a very sweet person. <laughs> well, and that's ultimately what I'm coming to. I yeah. love him. He yeah. seems like the big brother of my best friend growing up. Yeah. Like he's, he seems like if I needed a hug, he would give it to me. If I needed to laugh, he would make me laugh. Like he's yeah. just, he seems very genuine to me. Mm-hmm. Except that he's got this friendship with Leah Michelle, and mm-hmm. I don't trust her. And so now that's kind of coming off on him too. I'm I'm curious though, because again, I I I agree that like he does seem like such a sweet, genuine human being, right? And so yeah. that I think he knew her before anything. Yeah. And so before Hollywood. And the industry, like, she's a woman. Mm -hmm. And so, like, my God, what she's probably had to endure, right? Mm -hmm. And so she probably does have to put up this wall. Because even from what we're talking about, they're they're putting, they're they're pitting Beanie and Leah's looks and talents against each other, right? And so if that's been her experience, which I'm sure it has been, right? Oh, yeah. From, Even from when she was 12 years old in ragtime, I'm right. very certain of it. Right. And so it's like, you do feel like you have to put up this wall to protect, especially if inside you're like a soft, gushy, like, a mo- like if you're a mochi, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yes. And like, so <laughs> on the inside, you're like gushy, like ice cream or whatever. You have to put up that like harder protective layer right and so that's that's kind of what I think about her is like that's happened to her and Mm -hmm. you know the her pain has caused her to inflict pain on others sure um but I think you know because he knows her so intimately okay that that's where their connection lies because maybe that's one of the few people she can just be so herself with yeah yeah. So, you know, I, I always like, I say these judgmental things <laughs> and then you like turn it around. You're like, let's see the good in people. And then I leave going, great. Now I'm not <laughs> seeing the good in people. <laughs> Buddy. Well, no, I mean, this is the perfect kind of collaboration. Yeah. This is yeah. the relationship that you want to have, right? Because you mm-hmm. want to be called to the forefront for things that you're saying that might need to be challenged. And I do need to be challenged on certainly the way that I'm saying things and perhaps my inner feelings as well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, there, I, I've said it too. There's a lot this child mm-hmm. had gone through. I'm yeah. not going to share these details on air, but I have a story from someone who worked with her at one time when she was a child. Yeah. And the story he told me made me both horrified and heartbroken for her. Yeah. Um, so I can almost guarantee that that's the case. There is also this idea because she was a child actor, a child performer, mm-hmm. that she didn't necessarily 
have a childhood at all. Right, right. She grew up probably learning, you know, going to school at, at Broadway school, you know, tutors yeah. and that kind of stuff. So she didn't have the socialization that she would have if she right. went to an actual school. Um, who knows? I don't know what her parents, her parental or family situation is about. I don't right. know if there's a support system that is there for her. So mm-hmm. you're right. It very well could be that she has had to create this, this incredibly thick protective layer mm-hmm. in order so that her mushy insides are not disturbed. Yeah. That is very fair. It doesn't excuse her of course not yeah for the things that she has said and done in the past Mm -hmm. i agree and it also doesn't excuse the fact that the apology quote-unquote apology that she gave was really not one at all right Mm -hmm. i agree but you're right i mean listen we all Mm -hmm. of us are full of scars inside and out yeah that have shaped us have molded us and have pushed us forward into the next phase of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes those scars stunt us and sometimes they empower us. Yeah. Yeah. And support is a huge privilege that not everybody has. Yeah. Support being friendship, family, the people that you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It could be the amount of money that you have. Yeah. Like all of that definitely plays a role in how you can move forward. Mm -hmm. But we all of us have potential Mm -hmm. to go in the right and the wrong direction at any given time. And, and I wish that I could like speak about the mental picture that I've got in my mind right now that looks slightly like a coronavirus. (laughs) And if you are the center of that circle, yeah. And all of the spike proteins coming off of it are different pathways to the next phase of your life. Yeah. Some of them are not great. Some of them are neutral. Some of them are fantastic. You just don't know really what you're going to take. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I yeah, it just, does. I just put that together <laughs> like that because it's like I'm, I'm in this, my mental picture. I've got it in my brain. I was like, how do I explain this? <laughs> Because <laughs> nothing is ever binary. Nothing right. in this world is binary. Right. Nothing is black and white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are, uh, we're one bad decision away from absolute disaster at any given moment in our life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now we're going down a really deep, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's a challenge. So I, I hear what you're saying and mm. I, she deserves grace just like any of God's other children deserve grace. Mm-hmm. And I'll just put a p- <laughs> Well, I, I, I wish everybody, um, you know, the best. It's, it's a hard one. It is hard. This is what we were put on this earth to do is mm-hmm. to simply love others to create these connections with people and to exist in a way that is respectful and loving of everybody around us and ourselves to be respectful and loving of ourselves as well. Absolutely. But it is also the most difficult thing to do. Mm -hmm. You can spend your entire life working at it. So true. (laughs) Well, I feel like speaking of Jonathan Groff, that's a Mm. good segue. And this is very brief, but um, we covered merrily. We roll along, like probably it's the be- so somewhere long at the ago. yeah, so long ago, probably at the very beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I love, I love that show. I love the documentary, the best worst thing that could have ever happened. Yes. And so I was really excited to see when New York Theater Workshop was going to do a off Broadway revival of it, starring Daniel Radcliffe. Yes. So now other casting's been announced. So he'll be playing alongside Jonathan Groff and Lindsay Mendez. I can't, I, that sounds awesome to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, and I, I, because I've never been able to see a production, you know, no, like neither. I've just listened to the cast recording and watch the documentary 5,000 times (laughs) and any reunion on YouTube 
uh, you know, that's, that's all I've, I've seen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And I believe that's, let me just double check. I think that's spring 2023. Okay. Is what they're saying. Side note, did you yeah. see that Daniel Radcliffe is playing Weird Al Yankovic in like a docu- yes. docu-movie? Yes. I love this so much. I was like, I, I saw that and I said, for sure, never yes. would have been on my bingo card. Never. 100% never would have like been on it. Right up there with Murder Hornets. Like it does yes. not make sense, but it will be amazing. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it'll be great. But like, <laughs> this is not... I never thought Harry Potter was going to be Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> Not in a million, yeah. billion years. I would have, if you would have bet me money, I would have lost everything. <laughs> because it would have been like, there's no way. That's never, who's going to do that? Nobody's yeah. going to cast it like that. That's never <laughs> happening. It is bananas. It is bananas. I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I used to listen to Weird Al when I was growing up. Listen. I had this Who cassette tape. It? Oh, totally. I had this cassette tape. <laughs> where bad or the fat uh fat yes. parody was on it and um, and there's a song called mr frump's iron lung i have no idea what it is a parody of but it sounds like the first part of it sounds very like 50s you know teeny bopper mm-hmm. kind of music right mm-hmm. but the very end it gave me nightmares because at the very end of the no. song we're singing about Mr. Frump in his iron lung. And all you hear at the end of the song is Mr. Frump like struggling to breathe and Ooh. then nothing but silence. That's dark. <laughs> it's very dark. That's so but dark. like the whole song up to that point is like, like that. I can't even remember what it is. It's let me see if I can find a little yeah, bit of please a do. <laughs> I, like I, yeah, I, I saw that and I don't remember who I sent it to. And I, I probably sent it to a couple of friends and I was like, this was not, I never in a million years would have thought this was going to happen. This is wild. So I, I think, but like, I think the problem is it's on like Roku, which I don't have. It's like on Roku channel. Uh Oh, I think I saw that as well. Sorry, I muted yeah. myself because there's an ad playing on YouTube oh. that I didn't want you to listen to <laughs> until uh, Mr. Frump said, okay. This is what it sounds like. It, it does. <laughs> it's like you a happy, yeah. Right. And then Wait, let me get to the end now and we'll see if we can so listen dark. to the stuff of my nightmares. But in the hospital. Right. right. So he's probably right. he, on an he's oxygen in an, mask. Well, he's in an iron lung. Do you know what okay. the iron lung is? So when people had polio, it essentially mm. paralyzes everything. And so they would have these enormous contraptions that look basically like a huge metal cylinder that mm-hmm. everything is covered except for your head. Like your head is sticking out, but you're like... uh laying down Mm -hmm. so your head is sticking out and they used to have like mirrors above you so that you could see what's going on around you but like Mm -hmm. basically you couldn't move you couldn't do anything and this sounds terrible yeah this iron lung was using like compression air compression to make it so that opening and closing for you okay so here's the end oh there it is Then nothing but silence. Like all you hear is like this clunky, like, and then nothing. It's horrible, like stuff of nightmares. But like, it's this really like, oh, yay, happy-go-lucky song. Anyway, (laughs) these are are my childhood memories. How about you? (laughs) I mean. Oh, but yeah, like the iron lung was nothing. Like it was, that was why the polio pandemic was so awful. And because it affected children, mostly you'd have these little tiny children stuck in these huge iron lungs and a lot of them just didn't make it out. Yeah. Awful. Mm -hmm. And that's now coming back. So I know I was just going to (sighs) say, I want to, I want to strangle (laughs) people that think that this isn't a big deal that, that, that not vaccinating your children is the, there's no consequence to that because we are seeing very real consequences now. Measles is back, which was almost eradicated. Polio is here in our wastewater in New York. I know. 
I know. This is uh, like, I read that article and I was like, what? Is yeah. this the 1920s? No, 2022. 22, yeah. Polio is in the wastewater of New York City. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm like, this is why I can't. This is so many. Re- I love children, but this is why I don't. I'm like, yeah. I can't in good conscience have any. I can't bring them into this. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I just can't do it. No. They're better off. They're better off. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to be auntie to the ones that are here. That's right. what I can do. Yes. I can't make... I can, I can be a support system yeah. for all of the other and people say, out there. I'm sorry. Yeah. Auntie is sorry. This place is trash. Yeah. I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm doing what I can, but unfortunately this is a group project mm-hmm. and a lot of my and group is we're all relying this. on the boomers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because they're still the ones in power at this point. Uh-huh. Ay, ay, ay. But they don't care because they're leaving soon. So right. they're just li- burning it all down. Thanks for that. <sighs> Thanks. Oh, but, but Ebony, God gave us this world in order to use it. But we have to be good <laughs> stewards. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that, like, really blows my mind. Yeah. Is that. Like we have scripture that's so clear about when God gives you something. Mm-hmm. So why do we think we can't destroy things that he gives us? The, We're totally I, capable of destroying this planet because we have overused it because right. we've not been a good steward. Yes. The thing is, well, and here's ultimately, this is what it comes down to, right? I'm renting an apartment. If I decide, well, I'm renting it. I can do whatever I want to it. Mm-hmm. And I leave it with walls being torn down and the flooring is completely destroyed and Mm -hmm. there's no other option but to completely gut it and rebuild. Like, how is that responsible? Like, I didn't leave it in good enough shape for the people who actually own it or for the people that will be taking over it after I leave my tenancy. Like, that's what it boils down to. Because yes, you are all going to die sooner rather than later. Yeah. But there are still people that are being born now mm-hmm. who are going to have to make up for your mistakes. Like your grandchildren. Right. Your grandchildren who you're probably looking at. Yeah. What are who you leaving them? You're holding in your arms right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. What do and they what have? are you going to give them? You're yeah. going to give them a house from the 1970s that probably needs to be torn down anyway. Mm-hmm. Lord it's, have so, it's so frustrating. I know. Really Lord help us. My, uh, I can't remember. My brother told me that he, his, um, theory, I guess, uh, is that have, have, well, there's a lot of people that have this theory that heaven isn't necessarily this otherworldly place. It's not mm-hmm. like up in the clouds. It's not like a different plane of existence that heaven will be this earth. Yeah when the time comes and that Jesus God will restore it to its former glory yeah. mm-hmm. once the end days come. Right. Yeah. But it still doesn't give us free license to use it and throw it out. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with your brother and I'm not going to go deeper into theology. I'll have like <laughs> on top of that and this and this and this, but yeah. I do, I agree with him. Yeah. Um, Okay. <laughs> I'm like, on a depressing. No. Okay. So, and then, oh, yeah. this is what we're going to end on because we also talked about Hades Town. We're going to talk about Hermes. Yes. Oh, you my tell gosh. it. You tell okay. it. Okay. So, like, I saw this and I immediately <laughs> sent it as a text to Ebony, even though I knew that she probably already knew. <laughs> Lilius White will be doing a limited run as Hermes. In- and I cannot tell you the excitement I got when I read that because I freaking love Lilius yeah. White. <laughs> She's going to make an amazing Hermes. And yeah. I almost want to go and see it again. I know. Just to see her. Yeah. And that's saying a lot because I don't like to leave my apartment. <laughs> I know. But she's going to. Oh, my gosh. I just can't wait because it's like. It's like one of those roles mm-hmm. that really doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other. It doesn't right. have to be black. It doesn't have to be white. It doesn't have to be male or female. It doesn't right. have to be anything. It can be whatever. That's right. 
And Andre put his mark on it. He did. In one certain way. Like you couldn't mm. take your eyes off of him. He was yeah. invested from the moment he entered that stage until mm. the moment he left it. Mm-hmm. And he, even if he wasn't it, it, the focal point, like he was there and he was giving every, all of his energy to the other people on stage. Right. Yeah. And, you, and yeah. he's, I mean, he's, he's Andre de Shields. Like he's just, he is an icon. Lilius White is like, like sun bright mm-hmm. talent. Yeah. Behind yeah. is unmistakable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I love, I just love her. Even for a short a lot of projects going on. But yeah, it's gonna be so thrilling to watch. She she will, and like we'll put our own stamp on it. And it's yeah. I Oh, I lost you. I, you can't hear me? Oh now I can. Okay. <laughs> um, I heard you say she will put her own stamp on it. Right. Yeah. I well, she'll put our own stamp on it. And like both of us were like, do, do we need to, do, should we go back with the, do we need to go back? Bless yes. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably buy those tickets now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll mm-hmm. let you get on that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's, we're going to end on that yeah. happy note. Yeah. Uh, that's friends. a good one. <laughs> and um, thank you so much for listening. Yes. Thank you. And thank you also for understanding that our schedule is very intermittent of late. And that is just because both of our schedules have to work together in order to do these things. But we love you. We're always thinking about you. We're just not (laughs) always on the air. So thank you for understanding. (laughs) Have a fantastic day. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGABWAY and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. Don't forget to Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Your intermission sode has now concluded. Shut up, sit down, and turn off your cell phones. Tell Patty Lapone. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.